The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, No prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath, in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning. It's a great joy to be with you all this morning, and uh, I just want to welcome any of you who are visitors today, and uh, sometimes we have visitors, but they turn into regulars. That's all right. It's good. Um, and there's lots going on uh, this week, so I, I was a little scrambled before Mass. Um, so we had uh, Father Jay Donahue from the Diocese of Pittsburgh spent the week with me here, and I um, just want to thank all of you who prayed for that effort and, and supported us in, in various ways. And it was just a really beautiful week, and he's traveling home to Pittsburgh today, and so just keep him in your prayers. Um, also, today we have a second collection. I forgot to announce this, so I'm just going to do all the announcements right now. Uh, we have a second collection for the One Rose, One Life this weekend. And so I'd ask that those of you who take up the collection, you kind of take up the collection like normal. And then after bringing up the gifts, just take up the second collection right then so that all of those envelopes are separate. And I know Randy Arnold is in the back, who's our, the, the head of our Knights of Columbus chapter. Um, so that's today. We also have brunch after Mass, so... I'm excited about that. I got up at four in the morning to fry bacon. Um, and, uh, and it's Catholic Schools Week this week. And, and so that's really what I found myself praying about yesterday and writing in the bulletin was like, what is Catholic Schools Week like when you don't have a Catholic school in the parish? And, and of course, there are many ways in which like we all support Catholic schools. And, and so it's good to reflect on on, on just the effort and, and like why is it that you know our parish does pay into the pious budget and and we also are supporting several students who attend St. Michael's um, with part of their tuition 
And um, so more on that in a second. But the gospel reading today is the most important thing. And Jesus, again, it picks up where we left off last week. Jesus enters into the synagogue and he, he reads from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. And, and then, then he says, today this passage is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am the fulfillment of that passage. And, and so, so our Lord is basically going in and saying, like, I am the fulfillment of this passage, which is an amazing kind of a thing. And, and people receive him in different ways at that point, right? Some people are amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. Other people, they, they sort of receive that with skepticism, sort of like, well, isn't he the son of Joseph? Like, don't we know him? And I think I know him, and he's not really that big a deal. And then still others react quite violently against him, right? They react violently against him. And, and they want nothing to do with him. And he says, surely you will quote me, physician, cure yourself. And then he goes into this even deeper kind of exhortation. He says, <laughs> I tell you, many widows in Israel... There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years. But none, it was not to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow at Zarephath in the land of Sidon. There were many lepers in Israel, but none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. In other words, your ancestors, they didn't recognize who the prophets were when they came. But these other people did. It's sort of as if he's saying to them, like, be careful, you're not as holy as you think you are. Right? You're not as holy as you think you are. And I was thinking about that. I was like, what if I came here on my first weekend and I just got up here and I said, you're not as holy as you think you are. <laughs> and you probably would run me out to the edge of a cliff like they did with our Lord. And that's what they do, and they turn on him. And, and so it's a reminder that, that when our Lord enters into the world and when his love enters into the world and his holiness enters into the world, his holiness is completely different than, than us. To be holy means completely other than. And we can all respond in any of those ways. We can respond from that space of wonder and we can also respond from that space of like, I'm, I'm good enough. Or we can respond from this space that says, if something's different from me, it's a threat to me. And that's really where the Pharisees are, and it's where the world is, right? Like, if you're different than me, you're a threat to me. Like the existentialist philosophers who say, the other person robs me of my identity, or the other person robs me of my freedom, and, and anybody who doesn't think like me is, is out to get me. And we see that in the world. And we see that in the church. And that is the perspective of the world that leads to isolation. It leads to loneliness. It leads to individualism. It leads us to be miserable. But then on the other side, there's the Christian perspective, which is the perspective of love. And we believe that the other person reveals to us who we are. The Second Vatican Council says, man is the only creature that God willed for his own sake, and he comes to know himself by making a sincere gift of self. We come to know ourselves in love. 
And most especially, we come to know ourselves when we encounter the love of God. And that's really the core of everything, right? It's the only thing that matters. St. Paul today says, If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but I do not have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. I'm just making noise if I don't have love. John Paul II, my favorite quote from him is, man cannot live without love. He remains a being that is incomprehensible to himself. His life is senseless if love is not revealed to him, if he does not encounter love, if he does not experience it and make it his own, if he does not participate intimately in it. And that's really why we come here every single week. We come here in order to encounter the love of Christ. We come to encounter the living God who loved us so much that he sent his own son into the world to die so that we could live. And when we truly allow that truth to settle in our hearts, we can't help but to live lives of gratitude. And we find ourselves becoming more generous. And we find ourselves rejoicing whenever our Lord uses us to spread his gospel and, and those opportunities that we have to encounter others. And that difference between the world's perspective and, and the Catholic worldview, like that's, that's really why I think for a lot of families our Catholic schools exist because it's a place where our young people can be educated but in a, in a really integrated way and that, that everything about the faith can enter into every aspect of their life. And, and when we have the right perspective on that, there's, there's space for a lot of gratitude, but the gratitude is mostly gratitude for sort of the conversions that happen there. And, and for me, I personally will always be indebted to our Catholic schools. And um, you know, I said this at the Pius budget meeting the other day, like I'm, I'm always indebted to Pius because it was a place that helped my brother in his conversion. And, and so my brother was like 15 years old when he moved to Nebraska. And he had a 0.3 grade point average when he moved to Nebraska. And he was really on his way to failing out of school. And all of his friends did drop out of school. And, uh, and he basically got court ordered into my custody because he had gotten into some trouble. And I went home and I was in my superhero mode and I got him court ordered into my custody. And he came and he lived with me for like virtue boot camp. And, and, uh, and some other seminarians. But in the course of that, he had his, this conversion. And at the end of the summer, um, there's a very generous family who I've told that story before, offered to take him in. But, but also, like, I, I had to go to, to Pius and see if they would take him as a student. And, um, and they were really good. And, and, and actually, I think years later, um, the guidance counselor shared with me that when they took him as a student, they didn't actually think he would persevere. You know, so they sort of like took him and they let him register as a junior, even though he only had the credits to be a sophomore. They, they thought, you know, lots of kids do this and they don't persevere. But it was part of a whole community that was around him. And, um, and my brother persevered and he made some great friends there and he was welcomed there. And it was a place for him to continue to explore this relationship with this person named Jesus. And, and there were some like ups and downs along the way. But then at the end of his junior year, 
you know, that counseling office, they kind of freaked out a little bit because they were like, uh, he needs credits. So he had to go to summer school and did summer school and then he ended up graduating on time. They helped him with grants and everything to get into college and he went to Benedictine and, and then he went to grad school and now he's like a doctorate in psychology in Des Moines and, and just had his fourth baby yesterday. So I have a new nephew as of yesterday. And, uh, and as I think about that, I'm like, there is like some gratitude to be expressed for every aspect, you know, including the role that Pius X High School played in that. And, and that means by extension, there's gratitude to be extended to all of you because, because all of you have supported Catholic education by virtue of the fact that you support the parish and the parish supports our schools. And so it's just something to pray about this week. You know, whether, whether you were educated in Catholic schools or you were homeschooled or you go to public schools, to just pray that, that our Catholic schools truly are a place of encounter for every student that walks in. Because it's not always the narrative, but we hope that it will be. And this week we also can just kind of focus in on the fact that every home is a Catholic school, right? Every home is a Catholic school. And the most important lessons learned in the faith are learned from our mothers and our fathers. And so it's a, it's a week to kind of, <clears throat> to consider that as well and to continue to invite our Lord to transform our homes. So that families really are a school of love, that family life is a place where we encounter love. It's a place where we learn that love is the most important thing. It's the place where, where we come to encounter Christ most profoundly and the love that we have and the love we receive from mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters. And that is the core of everything. And we hope that our parish continues to be a school of love for families and and a place where people find a home and a place of belonging. No matter what their background is, no matter like where you are, no matter what's happened in the past, that it's always a place for starting over again with our Lord and learning to live that life of love that he came to proclaim. And so today let us pray that that we truly come to grow in, in our experience of our Lord's love for us that we truly come to know what it is to be his beloved sons and daughters. And that our hearts may be transformed so that when people encounter us out in the world, they desire what they see in the fruitfulness of our lives, that they desire our joy. And we each do our own part in building up the kingdom of heaven.